It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Odyssey. Make sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, where every single Friday I answer your questions on the weekly Friday mailbag that will be back this week after taking last week off. You can participate by either adding me or deeming me at Julian Council. So make sure to go ahead and do that. Get those questions into me now. Well, the hits keep on coming, huh? So is life here for the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey was placed on season-ending IR on Monday afternoon following an ankle injury that he suffered Sunday afternoon in the loss 33-10 on the road against Miami Dolphins. Matt Rule, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, spoke to the media at 9.30 Monday morning for his weekly day-after press conference held it earlier this week. Um, at least in the morning instead of around noon because of the bye week coming up, giving him and the rest of the staff and the players the rest of the week off until they come back next Wednesday in preparation for their week 14 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. But Chris McCaffrey, uh, the update, at least on Monday morning, was that he was going to come in in the afternoon and get an MRI. They'd see where he was at, but they thought that Potentially, he could have played. He was never placed on the injury report, whether it would have been questionable or doubtful during the middle of the game. Jen Hale, who was on the Fox broadcast, said that they expected Christian McCaffrey to come back in the game. There's no need to uh, place any sort of designation on him, but he did not return in the second half. And as we know now, his ankle has swollen to the point where the recovery time will be long enough that will keep him out for the rest of the season, which is why the Carolina Panthers have placed him on IR. For those who do not know, once you've gone on IR once and come back, if you go on IR again, you are done for the season. So I guess the pan- apparently for the Panthers, with six weeks left in the season, the bye weekend and five more games, they felt like it was going to be a six-week injury at the very least, which would not be enough time, of course, for Chris McCaffrey to come back and play for the Carolina Panthers. If you already thought that the season was over for the Panthers here, it probably is definitely over now that Christian McCaffrey is done for the year, considering what we've seen over the last year, this season and last season, how the Panthers offense has performed without Christian McCaffrey. He will now miss 23 of the 33 possible games in the two seasons that we've had here during the Matt Rule era. And now there's going to be the question of Christian McCaffrey and the contract that the Carolina Panthers signed him to that made him the highest paid running back in the National Football League, which certainly is a conversation that we're going to have right now and a conversation that we will have and we've had in the past. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk put this out on Twitter on Monday afternoon following the news coming down, saying that don't get mad at Christian McCaffrey or any running back for leveraging early career success into a major contract. The system now forces rookies, especially top 10 picks, to prove it before they get paid. 
McCaffrey earned his current deal in 2017, 2018, and 2019, which is very true. The last time we saw Christian McCaffrey healthy for a full season, he had the 1,000-1,000 season, which is the only, the third time in NFL history that has happened. Marshall Falk, who's in the Hall of Fame, and Roger Craig, formerly of those Super Bowl winning teams in San Francisco, likely should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not. Those are the only two other guys who have done that. Great point that he brought up there that Christian McCaffrey certainly earned the contract, but it's also based off of how you value the running back position. Warren Sharp, up sharp football, does a lot of analytics and looks at, you know, charting for football and that kind of stuff. Kind of a nerd, but he's pretty good when it comes to the NFL. He put this out on Twitter as well, saying running backs making at least $12.5 million annually this season in the NFL. $16 million for McCaffrey. He's injured. $15 million for Alvin Kamara down in New Orleans. He's injured. $15 million for Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. He's injured but has played through injury, but Dallas may have to give him some time off the heel. Dalvin Cook injured yesterday on Sunday. In the Vikings loss against San Francisco, he's getting $12.6 million. And in Derrick Henry, of course, El Tractorcito, considered by many outside of this market at least as the best running back in the National Football League, he's getting $12.5 million per year, which is actually a bargain considering what he's been able to do for the Tennessee Titans and carrying that offense and what they've looked like the last couple of weeks without him and, of course, with a Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, two guys both on IR along with their running back, Derrick Henry. So those are the highest paid running backs in the NFL. And all of them are injured, which highlights just how much of a toll playing that position has on your body. I know I've been someone who has said that I do not care how many touches Christian McCaffrey gets. If you're going to pay him $16 million per season, you're going to need to give him the ball as much as possible to justify the payment. Now, also, the old saying is the best ability is availability. And if Christian McCaffrey's not available, then it doesn't really matter how much you're paying him because he cannot help you if he's in the injury tent or in the ice bath and in the training room, opposed to being on the field here at Bank of America Stadium or any of the other 31 stadiums in the National Football League. I guess there's less than that considering there's two teams that share a stadium. So what, 29 other stadiums in the National Football League? So that makes that's a good point. Yes, the Carolina Panthers probably, in hindsight, should have done a better job in limiting the snaps that Christian McCaffrey played and the touches that he had. Early on in the season, the first two weeks, he averaged 29 and a half touches per season. As we saw in that quick turnaround on Thursday night football against the Houston Texans, Christian McCaffrey's body was not able to recover to the point where he had a hamstring injury. Was that based off of touches or just bad luck? You could say either or. At, the, at this point in time, I just really feel bad for Christian McCaffrey, a guy who we talked about he takes care of his body better than anyone else in the NFL, not named Tom Brady, and maybe better than Tom Brady. He's done everything in his power to be on the field when he's able to. But for whatever reason, the last two seasons just have not gone in his favor. Last year, the ankle injury against Tampa Bay, there's no way you can prevent that. Yes, you can try and play Christian McCaffrey only 15 snaps, but who's to say in that 12th snap or the 13th snap or the, or the fourth snap of the game that he's not going to have the same injury occur? Yes, you play more, the likelihood of you getting injured goes up. I understand how that goes statistically, but still, it's bad luck more than anything for Christian McCaffrey. Daniel Sorensen for the Kansas City Chiefs, who piled drive his shoulder into the ground in Kansas City last year. Is that based off of snaps or bad luck? It's the game of football. Now, Christian McCaffrey working back hard and then pulling whatever is his groin or whatever muscle injury he suffered at the end of the season last year. Okay, that's more Christian McCaffrey doing too much. This season, the hamstring, 
McCaffrey believes that's a short turnaround. That's the reason why he was injured. And that Thursday night football is not good for the NFL and for the players. And that's not the first time you're going to hear that from him or any other players in the NFL, whether that's a star guy or not. All that being said, it's unfortunate that it happened. And I don't know what you blame it on. And now with this injury, the ankle that he suffered on Sunday, it was him being tackled. So you can look at every single injury that Christian McCaffrey has suffered last year in Tampa in Kansas City and then this year with the hamstring and then this the one that just occurred. You can look at all those as a byproduct of playing the game of football. This is a violent sport. It takes a toll on everyone's body, whether you play quarterback, the offensive, well, especially you play quarterback here on the offensive line, you play safety, linebacker, or running back, but the running back position is a position where these guys take so many hits that it's hard to be able to keep them in the league long enough to get the most out of them. And Christian McCaffrey, I believe, has plenty left in him. It's just going to be difficult for the Carolina Panthers to be able to reap the rewards of that contract considering the injury status and and what's happened to him the last couple years. Is he injury plagued? I don't really believe in that. I think it's just bad luck. No one asked to go out there and tear the ACL. No one does that. Carson Wentz has dealt with injuries back when he was in Philadelphia and Indianapolis, and none of those were Carson Wentz just, you know, it just happens because of football. No one's out here trying to get their ankle dislocated and have their leg pointing in the opposite direction. And Oh, look, injury prone. I just don't think that's ever been fair. It happens. It's football. It's part of the game. That's why it's good the Carolina Panthers went out there and drafted Chuba Hubbard in the fourth round for this exact reason, where Christian McCaffrey, who they missed 13 games last year, and they had to put Mike Davis in there. Now, Mike Davis, of course, in Atlanta. They brought in Chuba Hubbard for this reason. They brought in Amir Abdullah throughout the season for this reason, to help this team when Christian McCaffrey was out and when he returned to have other options. And right now, they don't have Christian McCaffrey out on the field. Now, the contract, though, is inexcusable, in my opinion. And I've been over this, what my philosophy is when it comes to paying running backs. We'll get into more of that here on the other side as a lot of the blame is now going to be placed on Matt Rule, and rightfully so, as there's a ton of angst here in Carolina. He was a part of re-signing Christian McCaffrey, extending him and giving him this deal. How much do we blame him? And just looking at his overall job status here in Carolina as the Carolina Panthers head into the bye week, we'll get into all that here in just a moment. In life, we're all bound for different things. With BeachBound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or bound for togetherness, bound for immersion, bound for rejuvenation, or maybe you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. With Beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you are looking for. What are you bound for? Visit Beachbound.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
as of right now, I don't think you can make the argument that Christian McCaffrey and his contract here in Carolina has been a good investment for the Carolina Panthers. It might be great for Christian McCaffrey, and Mike Florio is correct that Christian McCaffrey went out there and earned his money back in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 when he did not miss a snap, and he was a key part of this offense, especially in the 2019 season when they lost Cam Newton after two after two weeks, excuse me, and had to start Kyle Allen for the remainder of the season and then Will Greer for those final two weeks. Even in 2018, when Cam Newton was dealing with the shoulder injury, Christian McCaffrey was important for them. And in 2017, as a rookie, didn't play the largest role in the team, but he was still important for them uh, at the running back position as Jonathan Stewart was at the tail end of his career here in Carolina. And the last two years, I know the Carolina Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback and then Sam Darnold earlier in this year, were hoping that Christian McCaffrey would be someone to help both of those guys out. I'm of the opinion that had Teddy Bridgewater had Christian McCaffrey for his starts last season more than the, what, the three that he had him for, that the Carolina Panthers would have had a lot more success on offense, even though the offense still was successful, by and large, considering that they had four guys over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. And you look at the offense today with a different quarterback and still a struggling offensive line and a lot of the same pieces out there out wide and in the backfield. And the Carolina Panthers are not the same offensive unit. This season, Sam Darnold, he had all the struggles once Christian McCaffrey went down early on in the season, despite the offensive line being shaky and him really not being as convincing as a lot of people led you to believe that he was. Having Christian McCaffrey out there helped Sam Darnold. And I believe that had Sam Darnold had Christian McCaffrey out on the field for those five weeks where things really started to fall apart for him and the Carolina Panthers, that he would have played better. Would he have been the answer? No. Would Teddy Bridgewater have been the answer here in Carolina? No. But Christian McCaffrey would have helped mask things offensively that have not been able to be hidden because of his absence over the past two seasons. Again, now with this season-ending injury, he will miss 23 of the 33 possible games here in the first two years of the Matt era rule or the Matt rule era here in Carolina. Now, a lot of folks right now don't want Matt rule here in Carolina. I understand there's a lot of angst and frustration following yet another embarrassing loss for the Carolina Panthers. This is not the first one this season. And that's the thing about it. Matt rule brought this up on Sunday following the loss of the Dolphins 33 to 10. Last season when the Carolina Panthers were coming off of another second-half collapse and they got rid of, well, Luke Keekley retired, Greg Olson moved on, um, I guess mutually parted ways, whatever the hell they want to call it. Cam Newton was given the um, ability to seek a trade, even though he didn't want to leave Carolina. Colin Jones was gone. Just an overhaul of a lot of the names and faces that you came to know and love for the last eight, nine years here in Carolina under the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton regime. All those guys were missing. So coming into 2020, pandemic season, there weren't a ton of expectations for the Carolina Panthers to go win a lot of games. There was a lot of expectations the Carolina Panthers would be picking in the top five and have an opportunity to go out there and draft your next franchise quarterback, which of course they did not do when sitting there at number eight overall and having the option to take either Justin Fields or Mac Jones as they had already made up their mind at quarterback for 2021 by trading three picks for Sam Darnold. And as we know, that did not work out. But that being said, though, Looking at last season, the expectations weren't high. So for Carolina to finish 5-11 and wasn't necessarily great, but it's better than maybe going 1-15. I'm sure there's folks out there who would rather them have done that and then gotten Trevor Lawrence, which I can understand. 
but you want to try and build a culture. And we're still sitting here wondering whether that message is really getting through um, with the players here in Carolina. As Matt Rule has said, five times this season it's worked and seven times it hasn't. Well, there's clearly a dis- disconnect. But either way, his point being on Sunday was that last year, teams weren't taking the Carolina Panthers as seriously. Now, this season, they're getting their best shot, which has led to the Panthers getting the doors blown off of them on Sunday in Miami at home against New England. Um, you also have the the second half against Dallas. There have been some embarrassing losses. I don't know if I should rope Dallas in there, but there's been far more embarrassing losses this season than there were last year when the only team that blew the Panthers out was Tampa Bay twice. Now, this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay does it again and if Buffalo does it. And who knows what's going to happen in New Orleans and who knows what might happen in two weeks against the Atlanta Falcons. Things aren't necessarily working out right now when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule. Now, Matt Rule is part of the decision makers here in Carolina, being David Tepper as well and Marty Herney, then GM, who signed Chris McCaffrey to what the four-year $16 million or $64 million deal that gave him $16 million per year on average. That deal now has the Carolina Panthers pretty hamstrung when it comes to what they're going to do moving forward to Christian McCaffrey. When you look at it on Spotrack.com, and I'm pulling up right now, Christian McCaffrey is 25 right now in 2021. He's still under contract for 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. Next season, he has a base salary of $8.4 million, cap hit of 14. And then after that, his cap hit is 17 million, 17 million, 13 million for 2023, 2024, and 2025. He has a potential out in his contract following the 2022 season and the 2023 offseason. Here's the problem, though, for the Carolina Panthers if they wanted to try and get away from Christian McCaffrey then. If they release him or trade him prior to June 1st, they only save $4.8 million cap savings, while $12 million of it goes towards the dead cap. This money does not just go away. If they release him post-June 1st in the 2023 offseason, his dead cap is split between 2023 and 2024, $5 million one year, $7 million the next, but then he has a cap saving of, 2020, of $12 million that season, which would be great. But still, that's the dead cap. That stuff does not go away. That's still a lot of cap. That's not a cap leaf for the Carolina Panthers. They're still going to have to pay that money, and they're going to have to deal with it when they're trying to roster build. The cap relief really doesn't come until 2024, maybe 2025 when you look at it, where they can release him and save 10 mil pre-June 1st, and then 7 mil goes to dead cap. That same thing if they trade him. Then afterwards, it's split. 5 million one year, four, 1 million the next, and then $12 million of cap savings there for 2024. It's really after the 2024 season and the 2025 um, offseason where the dead cap goes down to $1.4 million, and then they can save $12 million. So if you're looking at it, the Carolina Panthers – pretty much are stuck with Christian McCaffrey's deal for at least the next two seasons and maybe the next three seasons. So the hope moving forward is that the Carolina Panthers can continue to move with Christian McCaffrey, move forward with him, and that he can get healthy. He hasn't been healthy, as we know, the last two seasons. If he can get healthy, I still think that Christian McCaffrey, who, mind you, is still very young. Let's see, what does it say? Wikipedia. How old is he actually? He is 25, doesn't turn 26 until June. So he's going to be 26 next season, 27. He's still in the middle of his prime. The problem is you wonder if he is kind of like Cam Newton in a way and other players who've taken a physical toll on their body where, yeah, they might be 25 in age, but maybe their body's more around 30, 31. Could that be the situation here with Christian McCaffrey? 
I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Anyone can go out there and confidently say, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's basically done. And it is interesting to me that he wasn't on the injury report at all during the game, and then all of a sudden now it's a season-ending injury. And I know people are going to ask, what are the motives there? Are the Panthers trying to tank? What could they be tanking for? They don't have any picks at all in the first couple rounds outside of the first round. And I'm sure Scott Fitterer has a plan of how they're going to find a way to get some of those picks back. But it's not going like it's going to be that easy. They're going to have to give up something, whether it's future capital or players. And who are you willing to give up in the hopes that whoever they draft is going to be the right decision? Like a team that's caught in the middle of trying to win now and also trying to rebuild, but they fail at the winning now part. And now the rebuild is going to be complicated by the fact that they only have one pick in the top 100 picks in the upcoming 2022 draft next April. It doesn't help, though, that Christian McCaffrey, someone who could have been an asset that you maybe want to move off of, has now been injured the last two years. I'm not quite sure how many teams are out there going to try and recoup something from the Carolina Panthers or how, what the Carolina Panthers might be able to recoup from a team by sending Christian McCaffrey away. But it all falls at the feet of Matt Rule, right? Because Matt Rule is here. Matt Rule has the final say on the 53-man roster here in Carolina. Matt Rule is the one who decided alongside Marty Herney, and David Tepper, but we all knew who's going to be around here longer. It was going to be Matt Rule that this was a good decision for the Carolina Panthers. Like, how much pressure really should be on Matt Rule? I hear a lot of you and all your complaints. I'll get into that here in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I received plenty of tweets throughout the game yesterday about the state of the Carolina Panthers and how things were going in Miami yesterday afternoon. And a lot of y'all obviously are not happy. I believe it was Aaron Pine who listens to this show, I think. At least he follows me on Twitter at Julian Council, who sent me a message just asking what reason does David Tepper have for this staff to get a third year? Which is, I guess, a uh, reasonable question to ask, especially when you're mad and things aren't going the way that you would hope. This is a Carolina Panthers team, as we've been over the last two weeks, that has made a lot of move to try and make the playoffs this season instead of sitting back and still trying to build the roster and play these young players and then look towards the future like next year in 2022 where we typically see that major leap for Matt Rule and his organizations, whether he's been at Temple or Baylor. Where year one, they're not good, which the Panthers weren't. Year two, they get better, which I think they are a better team, at least on paper. Are they a better coach team this year? 
doesn't appear so because they appear to be um, undisciplined and they've regressed at times throughout the season where you would have thought that they would be in a better position that they are than they were last year than they are currently. But I still think that they've improved by and large. Defense has still been great. I know the last couple of weeks have left something to be desired and how they've defended the run hasn't been good throughout the season, especially in their losses. Although on Sunday against Miami, I wouldn't say that they were bad against the run per se. It's, at least they have they didn't get gashed like they did a couple weeks ago against Washington and how they did in games against the Patriots and against the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. So there's been room and there's been areas of improvement for the Carolina Panthers. And well, there certainly are areas where they need to improve moving forward. But by and large, I feel like this thing is kind of on the right path. Now, there are certainly there are questions on who should be moving forward for the Carolina Panthers and what exactly the plan is. Because that quarterback, as I mentioned yesterday, they got to figure that out. And I want to talk about this more tomorrow. I wouldn't have enough time to talk about it today in terms of just like Cam and what their, what their thoughts are there and just kind of what they should be looking to do here the rest of the bye week. So we'll get into that on tomorrow's show and then maybe on Thursday we'll have a guest on, but I I still got some other things I want to say before I kind of hand over the mic to someone else and get their perspective on this team as we head into this bye week. Um, But all that being said, yeah, there's questions of just like what direction this thing's supposed to be going in. Like, are they trying to win now? Is the rebuild? Like the, the waters have been really muddied and we've had the conversation multiple times here on the show throughout this season. And of course, over the last week and even now today, and that has kind of, I think brought a lot of the anger and the heat towards Matt Rule of like, hey, like if we're trying to win now, then like why are we going over on the road against a four and seven team and losing by 23 and our offense only scoring seven points? Like why is that happening in what is pretty much the most important game up to date where if you don't win, you're not going to be in position to be in the playoffs? The NFC playoff picture is a mess right now where the Panthers lose. So does Minnesota, so does Philadelphia, so does New Orleans, and Atlanta doesn't play this week, and they're still only a half game out. Now, the tiebreakers are what is going to be the issue, as I've mentioned before, but in theory, they're still in it. You look at how the offense played on Sunday, how the defense has kind of come back to earth a little bit, and we're not having Christian McCaffrey, and just how this team is coached, the most penalized team in the NFL, and anyone who's reasonable would understand, like, this is just not a playoff team. You look at them, there's no way they should be a playoff team. But you look at all the other teams in the NFC right now, outside of the top five, and maybe even San Francisco now, so the top six, and you're looking at these teams and probably saying, none of those teams should be in the playoffs. But someone's got to go. And the hope was, why not the Carolina Panthers? Well, I've already listed all the reasons why not the Carolina Panthers over the past two shows should not be in the playoffs and probably will not be in the playoffs. And they may still find a way to be in the playoffs, but it starts this week and then next week at home against the Atlanta Falcons where they can try to get to six and seven and then see if they can steal a couple if they have to at all in the final couple weeks of the season against division opponents in Tampa Bay and New Orleans and then at Buffalo. But Matt Rule has not done a great job, I think, coaching this team this year. I think that's easy to be said. He has not done the level um, that I think was required for the Carolina Panthers here in 2021 to take that proper step to propel them in 2022. It starts with the decision to bring in Sam Darnold, which is a decision by him and Scott Fitterer. Uh, you can even look at the Denzel Perryman trade. At the time, it made a lot of sense because he wasn't going to start for the Carolina Panthers. They could have used him while Shaq Thompson was out, but he's uh, going to be a pro bowler there with the Raiders in Las Vegas this season. So you can look at that decision 
And you can just kind of look at like the way he's managed the game in terms of timeouts and clock management and just what is going on offensively with Joe Brady and the philosophy because they say they want to run the ball. And then again, he's getting questions on Monday about not running it enough and him not being satisfied. And we hear the same things. It's like, why aren't these things being fixed? And he admits that it all starts with him. I know there's folks out there or, or hearing that be like, no, Matt Rule blames everybody but himself. He always goes back and says, it all starts with me, which is true. And if it all starts with Matt Rule, then we can look at the season. We can all we can put it on him. Now, should the Carolina Panthers fire Matt Rule? No. I've already said I'm not going to be sitting here endorsing a change at the head um, for the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to be saying they need to fire people, but I will say at least that there probably needs to be changes made if the Carolina Panthers want to get to the point where they want to with Matt Rule. In year two here... 12 weeks into the season, I don't think it makes sense to get rid of Matt Rule. Will there be changes made at the bye week? We'll find out. Joe Person opened up the questioning on Monday morning, asking if there would be changes, and Matt Rule didn't really answer the question, didn't want to answer anything. And as I've told you before, it doesn't really matter what he says. It matters what he does. And he could go out there and say no, and then go out there and still relieve someone of their duties this upcoming week. We'll see what happens. I don't know if it's going to happen, but this offseason, expect changes to be made because changes have to be made. Special teams have not been good. They've had constant protection issues. He brought up the one on Sunday, the block punt. Apparently, it was Chuba Hubbard who should have slid in and taken the inside guy who blocked the punt instead of the guy on the outside because it's supposed to be a quick punt. And if they get blocked, then that's just the Carolina Panthers not getting rid of the ball quick enough. That would have been on Lachlan Edwards. Instead, it was on Chuba Hubbard who panicked and didn't make the right decision, which led to a block punt and the Miami Dolphins starting off with a 7-0 lead. That's an issue. Um, and you also look at things that have happened with the Carolina Panthers in terms of just like the drops. I wonder just where the leadership is. You saw Brian Burns yelling, not the first time we've seen the season, a player on the sideline getting into the faces of other players. I'm not saying like he was getting into it like, you know, like in a, a negative way, but he was certainly saying, we need to pick it up. And we've heard these things all year long, and but they have not changed. The Carolina Panthers should be better than what they are right now. Should that warrant Matt Rule being fired? I don't think so. David Tepper said when he brought Matt Rule in here in, what, January or February, whenever the hell the – it wasn't even a press conference. It was a pep rally. Whatever the pep rally was here at the bubble down in Uptown off of Cedar Street, that Matt Rule is a program builder. If that's true, and if that's what David Tepper believed then, he should still believe that now. If you're a program builder, which is more of a college term – then it does not take a year and a half or one off season after one poor 5-11 and season as a first-time head coach in the NFL for the Carolina Panthers to be fixed and be a playoff team. They got better, I think, quicker than we thought, but a lot of it was fool's gold. And there was the questions of the schedule at the, end of, at the beginning of the season and how real it was. And as we found out over the last couple of weeks, they're just – like everybody else here in the 7-13 to 13 range of the NFC that's battling for that last playoff spot or maybe the last two if you want to rope in San Francisco, who really is not in the same boat as the rest of these teams because they actually are better and they're not that far removed from competing in a Super Bowl. So with Matt Rule, I just don't think that it's time to move on. I would say that, if anything, he should be given the freedom – as I would feel with any coach, if they go five and twelve, that's not a great look. 
And I know people are going to be like, oh, he should go back to college. He's not going to get a college job in the middle of January. It's just all the college openings are happening right now. It's very rare where a college job is going to be open in the middle of January, especially with the early signing day period going on right now and occurring on December 15th. And then the second signing day being in early February. It's just not really feasible for you to be like, oh, yeah, Oklahoma, go hire Matt Rule. They can do better, by the way. Um, but still, like, it's just I don't see how that's going to make any sense if he gets fired at the beginning of January, the middle of January, like how a college team could take him. So you're kind of stuck with him in, in, in terms of, like, he's not going to bolt in the middle of the season. Like, that's a terrible look to bolt from an NFL job. Like, Cliff Kingsbury being linked to Oklahoma, that's his agent trying to get him an extension. Cliff Kingsbury's 9-2 and two in the top of the NFC. He's not jumping to go take the Oklahoma job in the middle of a season where they're trying to win a Super Bowl. Just not a feasible thing for any head coach in the NFL to be able to do, especially now as they added an extra week. It wasn't really that possible before. It's definitely not possible now. And that was all the talk about Urban Meyer early in the year. Is Urban Meyer going to bail in October to go take one of these jobs? I don't think so. So trying to remember my, my train of thought here. I'm just like rambling, trying to think like Matt Rule. Just I just don't think it's time to to move forward and move on from him. Like, should they change at OC? I mean, I think that they could probably do better when it comes to play calling. The offensive line is one of the other major issues that they've had. They got to figure that out. I, I think Scott Fitterer probably should be more in charge of who they go after. Uh, I don't know how much of a say Matt Rule has, but I think he has plenty of a say. Like, you might look at the offensive line coach. You certainly will look at special teams and the issues that they've had there. And you might even look at wide receiver and the dip that you've seen this year from Robbie Anderson and even DJ Moore over the last two months. There are plenty of things that need to be changed here in Carolina. The head coach, I do not believe at the moment, is one of those. If I do think that Matt Rule should be fired, I will say that they probably should look into making a change. But as of right now, I do not think the Carolina Panthers should be looking into making a change in leadership at the head coach position. Not now. If this is happening again next season, then sure. We can have a discussion. I will be probably more in favor of it as I am instead of right now. I'm not. Like, I don't think that he should be fired at all. Like, that's just how I feel. Like, I don't I don't really see any case for it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Especially if David Tepper believes he's a program builder. Like, that's your thought. Then you should be sticking with it. But as we've seen... They're not necessarily that patient here in Carolina as they had Teddy Bridgewater probably stuck with him, decided not to do that. So we'll see what happens moving forward. All right. As I said, I want to talk a little bit more about the quarterback position, what's going on with Cam and all that kind of deal tomorrow's show. And then uh, probably also want to get into some bye week stuff, what's important for this team moving forward out of the bye week and what they can do to try and try and give us more false hope here in the last couple weeks of the season with Atlanta, Buffalo, Tampa twice, and then New Orleans as well on the road. Um, in the meantime, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter where every Friday we have the weekly Friday mailbag. Get your questions to me, either adding me or DMing me there at Julian Council on Twitter. But first, make sure to follow. Until then, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Take care. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.